Welcome to the Reboot Podcast. To be adult in relationship is not to be conflict-free. It's to resolve conflicts mindfully. And that quote is from David Rico in his book, How to Be an Adult, a handbook on psychological and spiritual integration. J.W. Player has come a long way, starting first as two separate entities, one in New York and one in an attic in the Netherlands. The J.W. Player in platform is now used by over 2.5 million publishers and 20% of the Fortune 1000 companies. Each month, about a billion people watch video on their platform. Those numbers represent tremendous growth for the company, but they only tell part of the story. Behind those numbers are real people, including three co-founders, who over the last eight years have experienced their own profound personal growth and leadership transformations. In a special first video episode, only fitting for founders of one of the world's largest video platforms. We have the three co-founders of JW Player joining Jerry in person. In a very open conversation, they explore the key challenging moments in their company and partnership history and how they emerged from those moments stronger and more committed than ever. They emerged as leaders. It's an inspiring story of leaders born through adversity. So quickly before we start this episode, Just wanted to remind you to check out our website at reboot.io slash podcast. As always, we have tons of extra information on this discussion, including video for the very first time of Jerry's conversation with the JW team. That's reboot.io slash podcast. Now on with the discussion. Hi, guys. Thanks for uh, agreeing to do this. It's really really an honor to spend some time with you. As you guys know, I've known Dave now for... Seven years or so? 2009. 2009. So it just feels a lot longer <laughs> working with him. It says a lot about me, I think. Yeah. Or, or us. Right. One of the two. But, you know, it's been really, uh, it's been quite a journey, and I'm looking forward to talking through that. But before we sort of get started, Dave, I thought it might be good, and then, you know, uh, you guys can, can jump in. You know, just sort of introduce yourself, sure. tell us a little bit about the company, and um, what you do, and then we'll sort of plunge in and talk a little bit about the story. Okay, cool. Uh, so my name is Dave Otten. I'm CEO, co-founder of JW Player. Um, what we do is that we provide software to publishers to enable them to do all things video. So publish a video, stream a video, monetize a video, etc. Um, our software is used now by over two and a half million publishers. About twenty percent of the Fortune 1000 you use us. Um, each month about a billion people watch video on a JW player. And so outside of Facebook, outside of YouTube, there's no one bigger than video. Uh, we're kind of like the Intel inside, if you will. And uh, we've done a, done a great job in scaling the technology and the business itself. I love the pride in that. Yeah, it's, well, it's, it's something that, it's, shit, seven years, man. It's, <laughs> yeah. You take a lot of pride in that stuff. Yeah, and I love the fact that as he was saying that, the two of you looked at him with also pride. Did I name that feeling right? Mm-hmm. I think you nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. Tell, us who, tell us who you are. And, and sure. My name is Brian Rifkin. I'm one of the co-founders, and uh, I currently run the business development in a group called JW Demand, and for some reason I'm still at this with David Jerome <laughs> seven or eight years later. Mm-hmm. And Jerome? Um, yeah, yeah, Jerome Weiling. Um, I'm 
the original uh, creator of the JW player. So hence JW. Hence JW. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Built it in my basement, in my attic, actually, yeah. <laughs> like student dorm, and um, yeah, I'm now in product. So I'm still doing product for JW player. Actually moved to New York. Right. Um, when was it? Two years ago. 2013. We're yeah. about two years uh, in New York now. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And so, which really sort of leads me to, to my first question, because, you know, each of you just described yourself as a co-founder, but that's actually not 100% accurate, right? So take us back to the origin story. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll pick it up and Brian can fill in the holes. Uh, or so, correct you. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, it's funny how memories are. So I was coming, I graduated business school, right. um, I, coming out of business school. I didn't really want to go work for a company. I always had the, the itch to start something up. At the time, you know, YouTube was doing its thing. It was really beginning to grow. Mm -hmm. um, clearly, video was going to be something very big, and it was very, very early on in those days. So Brian and I, we began talking. Brian had been a very successful entrepreneur before this, and at the time he was running his own business. And we started brainstorming ideas, and a lot of it came back to video and how we can help publishers better monetize their video assets. And so it was an ad focus originally. So we started chatting. I graduated from school. We kicked it around at nights. Um, we hired a third person to come in and actually develop an ad solution to actually deliver advertisements. And at that time, it was display ads into the video space because there was no video ads back in that time frame, and, uh, and we got an ad solution out there. A few publishers began working on it uh, or using the solution, and it kind of took off from there. Yeah. I, I at the time, with Dave, I remember really clearly when Dave came in and we had breakfast, I think, or something like that, yeah, at a diner right near my house. Mm -hmm. And I had just gone through some you know, things going on personally, uh, and I was ready to make a change mm -hmm. in my work life. Mm. And this opportunity came around. I remember Dave saying, "Let's try something. You know, we we can go back and raise some money from the guys uh, that we work with at About.com." Right. Mm. And we started bouncing around ideas, and we there was no scientific approach to this. It was just <laughs> we said, "I think we should be in video." And he's, we both agreed that video was the spot. We had another partner, who uh, one of our first ones at the time, he was on the tech side. He just so happened in the middle of all this to say, "I'm moving from Sausalito to the Netherlands." Right. Wow. And my dad's side of the family is from there, and I want to be uh, based over there. It's a better life. I have a couple kids, so we made. We said, "All right, go do it." So we made the move. We kept developing our our idea, and at some point, we started coming across the JW Player, mm. which started popping up on sites that we wanted to work with. Mm. This is when Windows Media was sort of dying, mm -hmm. and Flash was taking off. Mm -hmm. And that so dates we, us. Yeah, mm -hmm. it does date us. So we said, "We got to go find this guy. We, we need some help." We actually need someone to help us build our product into the JW player. Mm. So at the time, it was really just an ad solution. As it turned out, that person that owned the JW player was based over in the Netherlands, Jerome. And, and uh, I remember we reached out to him at first to help us consult to, mm -hmm. to build what we wanted to into your player. And one thing led to another. And at some point along the way, we're still trying to build a business. We hadn't raised money. right? We're all sort of doing this at night or in our, our spare time. We just said we had we we got to buy this. Thing. It makes more sense. We got to bring it into our company. So, Jerome, let's let's just jump to you. So, you're sitting in your attic. You've built this player. Mm -hmm. It's taken off probably more than you anticipated. You're making money. How? Um, so I started 
giving yeah. it away as an open source product. Yeah. And then I started asking money for donations. Uh, not donations, like licenses for commercial use. So I see. If you were a company, so yeah. if I was an individual and I wanted to put video on my website, I could get it for free. But yeah. if I'm CNN and I want to use it, I got to pay you. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. And that was taking off. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Really nicely. Gotcha. Uh, and so there you are. You're building a little company. Um, yeah, it was like a personal company. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you get a phone call. Um, yeah, and I was already at that point. When the player was taking off, I was still in school. I was still at the design academy. Um, and at a certain point, late 06, I graduated. And that's when I really wanted to um, um, do something more with, mm. the, with the JW player. Let's start getting into this relationship. because, And even before we started filming, we were talking a little bit about this. And I said to you, well, you're co-founders, but you're kind of not, but you kind of are. And, and Jerome, you, I think it was you who said, no, you're a co, no, I am a co-founder. And Dave, you said, no, he's a co-founder. Yeah, absolutely. Even though the story of coming together was like in bits and pieces, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, I'll, But you see each other's co-founders, don't absolutely. you? Absolutely, absolutely. Well, well, the way we, the, officially, right, mm-hmm. if you look at it on paper, <laughs> when we started the company, which was after all this, right, we sort of met in, right, yeah, in, in, emerged in the late yeah. summer of, of 07. Yeah. And, I think the company officially launched December. and we raised our money was December. Yeah. We were all co-founders. That's when the company started. Yeah. We actually I started see. the business with the JW player. So I we see. acquired the JW player and at the same time said, Jerome, you've got to be a partner. This isn't about an acquisition, this is about a partnership. And we're going to create this US company called at the time Long Tail Ad Solutions. So Jerome, two crazy Americans show up at your door. Like a week after we first called them. We had no mm-hmm. money. Yeah. No money. No yeah. money. Like nothing to offer. All and we knew was we were going to Amsterdam on a trip, and that's all that mattered. <laughs> right, right, and we won't have to know what you did in Amsterdam, red light district, whatever. <laughs> what did you think? But, but you did, you do, you, you, it was not nothing. You guys, you had all your background, you had all your relations. No, that's fair. Money, we, was money was more or less lined up. It was, yeah. Plan was there. This Product was there. Publishers were there. Yeah, so Jerome's point's a fair one, like giving, like, I appreciate you giving, <laughs> but like, uh, it's funny, we look at it, I, so what, what, what I had done is I had lined up an angel group, and um, so as, as we talked about just a second ago, Brian and I were uh, early about.com guys, so we reached out to a lot of those early senior folks on that team, mm-hmm. and then we had a West Coast group of angels who um, I, I had known a couple of guys over there that we really just kind of continuously pitched the deal to. So we effectively, the way, the way it, the timing worked out is, um, as we were doing the JW acquisition deal, mm-hmm. in parallel, we were doing the financing deal. So literally, as Brian talked about, we actually sort of started the company, issued the stock to the founders at the same time, mm-hmm. creating the co-founder relationship. And then literally two weeks later, we closed the financing, like back to back. Right. And so, so that is true. So, that was so it's going not on. a rewriting of history in a sense to say Jerome is a, is a co-founder. Not at it's all. It's just that the trajectory in which all of you have come together isn't out of the playbook. No. That is, no, no. you're sitting in a coffee shop saying to yourself, I got to find a technical co-founder. No. You know, according to, you know, angel investors on the West Coast, you know, I got to have the, Right, and then you find that technical, and then you come together. It was actually kind of more organic, yes. ad hoc. There's a long-term relationship here. 
This is a new relationship. Why did you trust these guys? I mean, these guys were That's a good question. Um, I wouldn't trust them. <laughs> I did. It worked out. So. Yeah. Um, I did some vetting. Um, mm. So I think I saw a list of investors. Um, yeah. There were people from back then, ScanScout, Brightcove mm -hmm. uh, on that list. So uh, About.com was still, like, had pages up. on. Uh, yeah. So it looked pretty good. And at a certain point, you have to, I mean, you have to go for it or not. Yeah. Uh, so you can do so much vetting. Um, and it, uh, it looked good. Um, the plan was nice. Um, um, the conversations went yeah. really well. So uh, we we uh, we had a couple of really nice conversations. Yeah. Brian, and you knew Dave. Dave, you knew Brian. Yeah. You kind of knew what you were getting. Right. Warts and all. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think we learned a lot. But like we knew each other, and we had a we had a certain. There's at least for my tons of respect. And like I knew, like he was really talented, and I knew he was a good, honest person too. Mm -hmm. Right, we never worked in the same groups. Yeah. Right, you knew each other. We were friends. You were, yeah, yeah, we were friends, friends, but more not friends, yeah. colleagues in that sense. Uh, yeah, yeah. More because yeah. we weren't interacting mm -hmm. really yeah. that much at about. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But we knew we complemented each other. Mm -hmm. How did you know that? I knew that because I Dave possessed skills that I didn't have. So you complemented each other on a skills basis, and vice versa, basis. and vice versa. And I knew that we could, we had the, we both had the friendship that we knew that there could be a, a working friendship and yeah. relationship as well. I think we both understood. That. W yeah. Would it be safe to say? And 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 I'm not Pollyanna here, and I'm not naive. I know that there have been bumps in the road, but would it be safe to say that there was enough trust at the beginning to go for it? Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. me it was, yeah. yeah. How did you ha I'm I'm so curious about a third person stepping into an existing relationship and being yeah, able right. to feel trust. And we also had a couple we had that partner in um the Holland guy. In Netherlands, we had another partner that we worked with it about that was one of our original ones, but um it, you know, I think we're talking about it today for the first time to hear how Jerome perceived us, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was, it, it was, you know, I always talked about it. I've always talked about it. And it's funny how you think back. And Brian mm. remembers things that I don't. Right. And Jerome remembers things that I don't. And so it's funny to hear us go through the story again. Mm. But I, re I remember a couple of things. I remember we, when we got off the phone with Jerome for the first time, we were talking about the consulting gig. We hung up the phone. The first thing you and I said was, we need to buy this guy. Mm. And then we started thinking, well, we don't have anything. Mm. <laughs> so that was what the currency. First, we could use Bitcoin. Right. <laughs> that was the, that was the first sentence or two sentences out of our mouths. Yeah. The first thing. Yeah. And the other thing was we got, we got lucky too. I, I, I have to be, we had the right idea, Brian and I. We couldn't do what Jerome was able to do. Yeah. And he had created this market, um, being the visionary that he is in the video side. Yeah. Um, and we were the first guys to show up on your doorstep. I mean, we were literally the first. I, I think you said that to me before. Yeah, yeah no. And then there was and a person where they you that they showed up. Yeah, yeah, that they, they showed up. And, and again, the very complimentary. Um, also, but that's immediately clear when you talk to the both of you, that it's very complimentary to that each other. That they are complimentary to yeah. each other. So and like, that seemed appealing to you. Yes, so it's very much um, like business. Uh, Dave is very, very clear in like, we need to do this, we need to do that to well, grow. I've gotten better. I haven't uh, always been like that. And, 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 and Brian yeah, is... Yeah, good coach. 
and and Brian is on on the personal side. He's also really good in terms mm. of okay, you know, the Dutch guy. How does that work with you know how how often should you fly over? I think that that's one of the conversations we oh, had yeah. um, to make sure that it also works with, between us as persons. So so we mentioned it, and there's now an elephant in the room, which is there were others. Yep. Yep. There were others. There were. And so what happened? Well, you know, once we got the financing, um, and then we, we, we began to really understand the power. For me, and I don't know, if Brian, if you felt the same way, once we knew we were getting with the player, but we didn't really know how much, mm. like how valuable the asset was mm. until we actually acquired it and started getting into it and understanding customers and understanding how, like, just sort of the power of the mm. community, of the open source community that supported mm. it, right? And so um, we really began to grow fast, and that's one of that's one of the things that Brian's brilliant at, which is he can like drive traffic. He can like you know he's just a, a number like just turning the dials literally started blowing this thing up, right? Mm-hmm. And we were working pretty closely mm-hmm. on that. So once we saw that starting to happen, we knew we had some we knew we had mm-hmm. something here. The original uh, gentleman from Holland who we brought on board, um, you know, like what was clear to us also is that um, to scale the business. And we know we had some concerns given where he was based, um, given what we needed to do and hire a team and all those things and have it in separate offices. We didn't think it really would make sense to continue to working together on a full-time basis. Mm. And so that was probably one of the hardest things early on. I remember Brian and I, I remember the actual day very, very clearly um, where we had to have a conversation with him that, um, you know, it didn't make sense for us to work together. And that was probably... That was in late 08, I want to say. That was... Mid... Is that what it was? It was like fall of 08? I think so, yeah. And so it was very early on and really difficult without... It was just a difficult thing to do. Um, although we, had, we hadn't worked that long together, but it was still like the first really big uh, kind of personnel decision. And uh, yeah, that was a tough one. So he, he left the organization at so that point in time. So, you know, I want to both simultaneously respect his privacy... Yeah. And respect the fact that it was meaningful for you guys. But as you know, you know, I'm a big believer in just sort of saying what, what is really true. And so in this story, what we're really talking about it, right? Cause, cause so far we've been like, Hey, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. But what we're really talking about now is the other side of the equation, which was this was this was one of the hardest things to do, which was to fire someone who'd been there at the beginning. And and I use the word fire. Yep. That's but what it's happened. A, it's a weird word. It is what happened. That's, That's what, what happened. he said. Yeah. I mean I mean Brian and I we went to we went to a, a bar here in New York City. Yeah. And uh I remember I, I was the person who had to talk to him and Man, I was, I was, I was nervous. I was scared. Um, yeah, it was a lot of, lot of like, uh, fear. Do you feel guilt? A little bit. Mm. A little bit at the time, I'd say. Um, mm. it was not because it was the wrong thing to do, but it just cause he, you know, he had taken a risk with us. He had, you know, he mm. too had a family. Um, and so, uh, and, and yeah, so absolutely. Yeah. I felt but it was the right guilt. thing to do though. I, I say it again, Brian. I felt tremendous guilt. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I brought him into the equation. Uh, he had worked with me in the past. Right. And uh, it's tough. It's tough to prioritize a business over people. Mm-hmm. Is that what you felt you did? Yeah. Mm. And I think we still do that. I think mm. that's the way you have to operate a business. Mm. And that's tough. And at the same time, 
maintain a great culture. Yep. Right? How do you reconcile those two things? Maintain mm -hmm. a great culture, optimize for the business over people. I don't think that there's a formula to it. Yeah, I think you just deal with it as it comes and you do your best. See, I would argue. I, I would, I, I would answer differently. I'd like to hear what you have to say, but I would say, you never know. The only thing you can do is try to be transparent to people, right? right. And sometimes we were successful in that. And a lot, a lot of times we're success, successful at that. Sometimes we aren't. But that's the only thing you can try to be. Um, is to be real. Is to try to be real. And I think yeah. people, I don't know. I think pe that's one of the things that, you know, I think a, a, an important uh, link between all three of us is like we, we, while we were able to easily integrate as a co-founding team at the outset is because we're not, we're, we're pretty easygoing folks, like no big egos. Mm. And th I think that plays still to this day. Mm. And I think people, I hope people in our organization like that, but it's always hard to maintain. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, uh, it's it, how we really feel, but it's hard to maintain. Yeah. Also, exactly. but if, and if you're not making one of these decisions, then, um, the, right. you always have a drag on the organization, on the culture. The, the, see, everybody find, knows yes, that yes, this yes, person right. is, is not at, contributing. Yeah, or is at the wrong place the here. the wrong place. And right. they can't, and, see, the right and, see, that's why, see, I actually thought, Brian, where you were going to end up was the way you reconcile it is you understand that they're actually not in opposition. See, the way you constructed it was mm -hmm. optimizing for the business over people. And I think that that construct produces the guilt. When you take a step back and you say, and Jerome hit upon this, are you optimizing for the other people? Right? right? There's a hundred or so other people who are busting their butts. And this individual is in the wrong spot. As one of my former clients said about an employee she had to terminate. I like chocolate and I like olive oil. I don't like chocolate and olive oil together. This person's not a bad person. Nope. They're in the wrong spot. Right. right? This is hard though. It's, it's hard enough to terminate an employee under this. But when you ask a co-founder to step away, Right. And it's not because the whole thing is falling apart, because clearly it's not. Right. But it's because this one person, or in this case, perhaps two, not fitting right. It's a very emotionally challenging situation. Like, and, you know, we're going to strip out the audio on some of this, and so some people will be only hearing the audio, and so I'll say... If you look at your faces right now, all three of you are like, oh, yeah. Yeah, brings you back. Brings you back to that emotional state, right? What does it bring you back to, Brian? To, the, to that time that we sat in a, in a bar. Yeah. We, we had that conversation with him. It was tough. It's tough for me. Yeah, no doubt. Right? Oh, yeah. And it's clearly something that you bury. Now, I realize. You reflect on it at times, but... You push it now, down. Now that we've brought it back up, you feel like yeah, well, this is what Jerry does. Yeah. He, he, I, I, he, I forgot I've got to tell you about that. I forgot I've got to tell you about that. I asked Dave before I came here, are we going to all cry? <laughs> <laughs> the guy who asked the question is the guy who does. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but the reason that I think that that's so important is that 
how do you grow from this mm -hmm. unless you actually reflect on it? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and I want to give you something, Brian, because you spoke about the guilt. A while back, one of my teachers, Sharon Salzberg, who's a brilliant writer, uh, written a beautiful book called Loving Kindness. She and I were talking, and I was sharing with her some of my own personal challenges. And she said, please read Loving Kindness, this book. And as I was reading it, I came across this section in which she spoke about the difference between guilt and remorse. And guilt, she points out, is a function of ego aggrandizement. It actually takes the pain of the situation and makes it about us. Under guise of caring about the other person. Hmm. Whereas remorse is really focused on the other person's suffering. Do you see the distinction? Yes, I do. So, it's hugely helpful for me. Could we go back and edit it and say remorse, remorse instead of guilt? I was going to say, I was gonna well, say you're being selfish. But let's, let's go back and do this. What would you have done differently? Because that's where we can extract the growth from. I, I don't think it's just with him. I think it's through our... Same our, our, our experience over the last seven years when we've had this with other uh, people in the companies is address that, address it head on. Yes. And What's my phrase, Im immediately, Dave? Immediately. Uh, I don't know. Sooner is better than later. I don't know. I don't Bullshit. I, I forget. Yeah. Being fierce. Being fierce, yes. Sorry. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's blanking yeah. on it. <laughs> address it head yeah. on. Mm -hmm. We've, been, we've gotten better at that. I think, you know, Brian talks but the, about... But I, before we jump on, I'm yeah. sorry. Just what Brian's saying is one important lesson to extract out of this. And really, in some ways, we're speaking to a lot of co-founders right now. Yeah. Address it early. Mm -hmm. The seed of that resentment. The the Because the, when did you know that this guy wasn't working? Before we took the money. There you go. I, I knew. How many months? Uh, seven or eight. Yeah. yeah. And for six, seven months, you sat with us. Yes. Right? That's right. That's right. I would argue it's the number one problem that leaders go through. So they sit with it, and they sit, and they think that things are going to change. Now, you hope. You hope. You hope. You hope. Yeah. Well, there's a whole nother Buddhist concept, right, which right, is right. to be very, very, yeah. very suspicious of hope. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because hope is not a strategy. Yeah. Right. right. Direct, clear, I'm going to deal with this right now. Mm -hmm. And it's painful. I'm sorry, I interrupted you, Dave. No, I was going to say, but it was that, it was that experience and others that the be fierce line, I think yeah. we become, for me at least, just fiercer, right? Yeah. Because you learn to deal with these things. Yeah. And, uh, and I, I think that's, when we, we talk, we think back to that situation that night, um, you know, terrified and for all the, the reasons that people feel, I felt, I felt guilty too, not just Brian. Um, yeah, we, that's, we weren't as fierce then. I'd, I'd, I know I wasn't. I don't know. Yeah. 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 So, I entered the picture of 2009. Correct. At a really weird time for our company. Yeah. You ready to go there? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Tell us about that time. Yeah, so in 2009, um, for the first time, um, uh, a company made a serious uh, offer to acquire our business. 
And, um, and, and if you remember what was happening in 2009, was, this is probably June of 2009. So the finan- September 2008, right, the Lehman Brothers goes down. Right, happened, like the world was ending. Right. So there was like, The United States has to save both the auto industry and the yeah, banking industry. The world was crazy. And yeah, not a stupid little video software company. Right. And so, um, yeah, Sequoia had their, their rest in peace, good times. Right. And, <laughs> and you know, uh, someone comes and makes an offer to us and, and it was a private company, a combination of, uh, you know, cash stock. And it wasn't, it wasn't a great number in our, and, and well, that, this was the debate, right? And, I, and for, and at that time, I think that was the first time where, um, the group, us three, plus there was one other guy who came early on that Brian talked about, um, we're at odds. I mean, about what, what we should do. Should we take it? Should we not take it? Um, you know, uh, how should we approach this? And I think fundamentally, you know, it came down to us not being prepared for something like this. Like we mm-hmm. hadn't like, we had thought about it like, Hey, let's, you know, start a company while well, let's exit. Blah, blah, blah. But when it finally happened, it was very great of what we should do. Well, I, and it was I, like, I, I want to find out there are two things going on. There's the worldwide economic collapse. We, it seemed like we were all going to end up like living, you know, on canned mm-hmm. foods. Mm-hmm. Right. And here's somebody offering you, Probably on a personal basis, a couple million bucks. Yep. Each. Something like that, probably. Right? So not enough to retire, but certainly enough to stock up on cat food. So if you had to, right? You could hole up in the hall the hall. Premium cat food. Too. Premium cat food, exactly. Right? <laughs> bunker out in Brooklyn somewhere. Not and so house, some man. of you want to take it. Some yes. of you don't. Yes. And I remember you walking to my office, not this one, but the other office yep. for the first time. Yep. And I hope you don't mind me saying, but you would walk in and be, you were completely confused. I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Didn't know what to do. Yeah. Absolutely. A total, I'll say it out loud, kind of a mess. Yeah. Because I mean, at the time, and, and Brian and I had a disagreement on this, like what we should do. Mm. And the other person who's no longer with us had a w- disagreement for me. So Brian and him kind of, felt one way. I don't know if that's fair to say. No, that, that is fair to say. They felt one way and I felt the other way. And Jerome kind of came more on my side, actually. So yeah. Jerome and you yeah. wanted to hold out for a higher number. Yes. And you wanted to take the money. Take the money. That's an old art Burn the odd hand. Couple Burn the hand. Burn yeah, the hand. hand, which is like, I get it. it, was right? my, it was, that was my justification. Burn yeah. the hand. At yeah. That, yeah. At that well, and remember. And a win, and a win for all of us. Yeah. At no, this and point, I don't fault what, him you've at got all. a four-year-old. Yeah. Right? Right? And wife, and any more kids or no? No. Right. So enough to retire some debt. Right. Yeah. Enough to maybe pay off the mortgage on the house or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. A sense of security, perhaps. That's right. Right. So, so yes, you, you, you'd still have to work, but you could take a breath when the whole world felt like it was falling apart. Right. And at that time as well, we were, we were, I don't think it's any different today, but we were really grinding. Yeah, right? we're we were one thing that we left out is you know we were going over to the Netherlands, and our office there <laughs> was a one-bedroom apartment in Leiden, the Netherlands. Yeah, where we would act, we bought a the smallest air mattress in the world, yeah. and we would sleep in the back in an air mattress. Right, and then in the morning at nine thirty, four guys would show up in the front living room, and that's where we would work. Right, so it was a, it was a grind. And to add to that, I mean, we didn't pay ourselves for gosh eight months starting, and then when we did finally start paying ourselves, we we're making like. 50 60 grand or something like that so right. all those things add up which i know like yeah. for brian was a big uh, for all of us quite and, honestly and, was a big and the deal. other partner was in the same boat that i was 
Yeah, right. he had a kid. And, and what was your spouse saying to you? What was your was it? A, uh, it's a wife, I presume. Yeah. It was a wife. Yeah, she. <laughs> she. It still is a wife, and she. Uh, she. You know, she was she, just supporting me at that time. Whatever you and wanted. She, to do. she saw what I was just going through, and it was the same stuff that he was going through. Yeah. He was going through, yeah. and our other partner were going through. But it was like you know. So you walked in with co-founder conflict. Oh, it, oh yeah. When I met you, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which that, was that was the genesis of it all, actually, because right. we disagreed. Right. I mean, I remember when we were going. There's probably a, there was a week I remember where we'd go. We had this little conference room in our initial office, and we'd go in there. And you know, I remember one person like wrote like pros and cons, and this per and there was the it was the fourth person, mm -hmm. and that person um, was clearly against. Um, I mean, for selling. So the pros and cons list, I never forget. This was all cons of why we're gonna die, mm -hmm. right? And he's a this person's a brilliant person. Um, and it was an effective argument, but it, and I just never forget, we sat in that room for hours and hours and hours and just argued. It was like that. The okay. four of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because you, you, you were in him? Holland that day. Mm -hmm. no. Hit me? Yeah. I don't want to hit the... Maybe. Maybe at some point. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't remember if I yeah. want to hit him. It was just, it's frustrating and it was more frustrating for me because I was, previously I had my own company. Oh, and you could have made this decision on your own. Calling the shots. Yeah. Now I have partners. Yeah. Oh, we've got that other issue here, yeah. which is sure. why did he become CEO? Why weren't you CEO? Hmm. Oh. I think we had that where, where we said yeah. that, and I think Dave. No, I'll, I'll remember, I remember the story. The I think it was the investor said Dave's it was, CEO. Yeah, it was two things, right? Um, uh, so initially, we thought because we thought our business initially was going to be like a C, like an affiliate network kind of CPA business. Yeah, yeah. And Brian was just knows that business cold, right? We yeah. thought that would be the kind of advertising that worked mm -hmm. in video. So like it made sense for him to be that person to be the CEO. Yeah, and then what? And then as it changed, like we began to raise a real financing round. We got the JW player on the acquisition side. The business began to change, and as we were going through that process, the investors uh, thought it would made sense to. To, for that to, to be yeah. the other way. Um, that was one thing. And, and, and I don't, and then like, and then, and, and for, and this is like one of the things that we're, mm -hmm. I think, no, I think I know. I, I have the most respect. This is one of the things that makes the relationship between you and I work very well is that we're both pretty, like, we're, e we're in many ways egoless people. And well, this goes back to Scott Curtis' back, advice. It goes back to that. It goes back to like who, like who Brian is and who I am and who mm -hmm. Jerome is. And I think that's the whole key to what we've been able to do, especially as we've grown and introduced new people to the organization. Um, like we're able to adapt pretty easily. And, and I give Brian all the credit in the world on that. I, he deserves it. So that was the major conflict. And as I recall, you ended up turning down that deal. Mm -hmm. or, or did well, they what happened, walk away? What happened was, like we were like, they clearly understood that we were not into it. Uh, Jerome and I went out there to go visit them um, at where they were located, and it became clear to them that like, you know, Jerome was obviously an important part of the deal. He, you know, he's the creator of the GW player, and he wasn't into it, and so that became very um, that was obvious to them. So they kind of like knew that we were like, eh, and so they it was ultimately them that pulled that pulled the ripcord, um, but and, and we were still very much like straddling that line. And, and that's, so did you ever resolve the inherent conflict that yeah. existed behind that? We did, actually. We Brian did. and I? Well, at this people. point, it's still the four of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, the fourth person had fourth to go. The fell out. Had to go. He had to go after, as a result of that. Right. So, 
That so was, was that another that was termination? Um, or it was a mutual parting? Yeah, how did you handle things? this? I appreciate that. <laughs> it, it was almost like an ultimatum on some levels from the other partner. If we don't do this, then I'm out of here. In a but, sense, but at the same time, there was... You'd be fair like in terms of like what really happened there. I mean, don't give specifics because... Like it was a behavior. It was, conf- it was yeah. behavior. It was conflict with our board. It was conflict with investors. It was conflict. You know, we were all immature and young, and had never gone through this before. All no, four of you. All four of us. Yeah. And no one knew how to handle it. Yeah. And no one handled it right. Mm. Right. That's fair. And when it all was finished and the deal was dead, one of the partners left. Mm. Of had his own volition? No. Sort no. of. No. no. But, you know, it's partly responsible for having too. So there's a maturing yeah, thing that's, that's, right, that's happening, which is, in, in Brian, in your observation, you're starting to see there's a difference, right? So one of the things we were talking about before was the notion of being fierce. The other is a kind of recognition of what I would say is complicitness in creating the conditions you say you don't want. That's right. Right? It's yeah. like... Hmm. You know, as I often say, if the first five people you meet in the morning are assholes, guess what? Maybe you are. Maybe you are. Yeah. <laughs> right? Maybe you're doing something. So without revealing any details, and the guy from the Netherlands was perfectly innocent, what were you doing that, with remorse, you could would you have done differently? On the or second that, one or the first one? On the second one. You know... I mean, I don't during know, that conflict, I'd be interested to hear your take on this, Drew. Um, uh, for me, I wish, I wish we had just come to a decision earlier, like faster, just like stop the debate. Um, I wish we had talked about it beforehand. Well, why didn't you convince them that you were right? I tried to. And that was part of the problem. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't you convince him? We tried to. We, we tried. We had, <laughs> tried. Well, we had a lot of we had a lot of debates about. Yeah. That. I mean. Yeah. I I don't know. There's probably better ways to have done it, but I still think that being where we were as a company, being where we were in the world at the time, that that's how it played out. And being how immature we we, yeah, we were ready. Well, now, how now, we all were. Now that you've got a company. little bit more maturity and a little bit, a few more gray hairs, was there anything that you didn't say at that time that you wish you had said, like? This is really important to me, Dave, because I'm scared shit about paying my bills. Well, you never said that to me. I never said that. Did yeah. you feel that? I always feel that. You always feel that. Yeah. So why should I men- bother mentioning it? And I'm always afraid. Right. That's right. I'm just curious I, about that. I, I just think we should have talked about it some more. I think Dave's right. I think we should have, and we should have, rather than argue about and it. We should have, and it, maybe we should have actually brought in a. a an outside advisor to say, we can't figure this out. Help us give us Yeah, where were you? Putting it together. Yeah, where were you? You were too late. <laughs> well, you came in as a result of that. I'm kidding. I think it was well, on the other side. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I, th- I think, I think, <laughs> I think you're right. I think that if that you been had helpful. brought somebody yeah. in, in that kind of conflict mediation, what you try to do is you try to, first of all, establish what it is that is an agreement. And you know what you were in agreement about? You wanted a safe, warm, happy life. Mm-hmm. Jerome wanted a safe, warm, happy life. Dave wanted a safe, warm, happy life. Right? How you got there is where you were in disagreement. 
Yes. That's correct. Right? And so the, so what you try to do is you say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We're actually in agreement about purpose of the company, perhaps. What our outcome is. What, you know, what do we really want to have happen? Right? You probably want to just invent cool shit and really get an opportunity to like change the world by inventing cool things. You want the means, I mean, you don't strike me as a guy who says, I gotta have that private jet. You kind of strike me as the kind of guy who just wants to pay his bills, make sure his kid can go to college, make sure you and your wife can retire and not worry about money, mm -hmm. right? So the fear that you always worry about, maybe that could be quiet, yeah. right? And you want to be able to buy a new pair of shoes that don't have holes. I just want to go shopping. I just want to go shopping. Yeah. <laughs> he used to come in with holes in his shoes all the time. I, I remember those shoes. Remember those remember shoes? Those now. They're yeah, they're, they're pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's he's cheap, right? That's Frugal. what I would have worked Frugal. with you on in that, in that yep. regard. Yep. Right? Would, do you think that yep. might have helped? It might have helped, but in the end, the outcome aside from would have losing still been that the person same. is that we're very happy where we are right now. But it didn't well, go through. fast forward. Because I that? think that the, yeah. this, I have a feeling that this didn't resolve itself until, what was it, 2012? You had just come? Right. It was 2011. What am I talking about? Are you, are you talking about the when we had a conflict? The, yeah. Yeah. That uh, was 2000. It was summer 2012. So I'll just I'll just I'll just tee it up the situation and and um, so what happened was at that point JW Player had become very successful um, as a as a sort of tool for publishers. Had you moved to New York yet? yet? No, not, not yet. yet. No, it was before. Just before. Before the investment. So we, yeah, so we were like making money. We were profitable at that point from 2010 onwards. So three years, 10, 11, 12, we were profitable making money. Um, and, and as I recall, you, you had other buyers who sort of emerged yeah, and then they disappear. Guys. You're raising we, we, money. Had, you're not raising money. We had a couple term sheets. Other term sheets come along. We, right. you know, we handled those probably better, right. I'd we, say. We acquired bits on the run. That's we right. That's right. right. That's all of a sudden we had about six or seven people in the Netherlands. Yeah. Over, right, right, right. And the really, company's growing. We're growing, but we also knew that we were underfunded, right? So that we'd still only raise that original angel round. And so we offered which like was a, how much a million and change, right? A million and change from two thousand and seven, two thousand eight, yeah, to to two thousand and twelve. And we had made money. We had prop like we were like making money. And like what a, was your what was your annualized revenue run rate? Like five million. So five million in annualized revenue run rate on a million and a half. I just want to pause and yeah. say, fucking a. We had no other choice. We were scrappy. So what? Right. Neither did my grandfather when he emigrated from Italy. <laughs> you know, you built a business the old-fashioned way. We did. we did, right? With blood and sweat and tears yes. and hard work and thin little air mattresses. Yeah, oh, they were thin. Yeah, but go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, and we knew we had we knew we had a big asset on our hands, but we also knew that if we had a little more cap, and we'd always debated. This is the thing that we always, I think, we're pretty much in sync on all along is. Do we raise money or not? Right? Yeah. I think we were always very, like we always wanted to keep control and to be able to be to make our own decisions about exits and things like that. And um, but we got to a point in 2012 where it's it's kind of one of those shit or get off the pot moments where we're either gonna what do we want to do with this thing? So we had something valuable. And when we decided VCs had always called us and we had we had opportunities to take money. We just chose not to. And we knew we wanted to do a financing round, and so we went down that path. And we got a term sheet from um, uh, from uh, our current investors, and, um, and and that was in the summer. But at the same time, we we're strategically we we're trying to figure out what we wanted to do as a company. 
And that was one of the things where we were like, okay, where are we going to go? When, like, what do we want to do when we raise this money? Because we had struggled yeah. in terms of how, where we focus and how we focus. And we had a sit, Jerome was in town, we had a series of meetings that week, and we were going through, like, what our strategy is. And, and kind of like in 2009, when we had contentious conversations about the acquisition, you know, we, some similar things happened during those series of days, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, without getting into too many, Jordan and I had like a serious disagreement about what we wanted to do, where we thought the company should go, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and that was the first time that we had had something like that. Um, and so it was, and I, and I will say, and just like sort of summarizing that we can get into the details. I'm sure you have following questions, but it was like shit. And, and I, and the one of the, I think this is probably for me one of the most defining moments in this entire, uh, experience for me. I think I've been much better since in what I do, and I think all of us have been. Um, but like, there was a weekend where we had a lot of really sort of like real conversations, and and I and I'll, I'll never forget this, Brian. In this case, you know, very much unlike the 2009 situation, was the guy who kind of like made sure it came together, mm-hmm. and and he did it, and I, I'll never forget it. It was like tons of respect for how he did it and what, how he went about it. And we found a common ground. And but I want to be clear, and it was because I know you guys know what he's referring to, and I want to hear your other perspectives. But I want to name it. If I remember correctly, what was called into question was whether or not you should remain CEO. That was one of the questions, right? That was one of the questions. Sure. So let's just let that one land. That's a Jerryism. Right? Yeah. That was a big. That's a big moment. Mm-hmm. Is that right, Jaron? Mm-hmm. Big moment. That will be. Right. And so there's that. Yep. The other questions were strategic. What are we doing? Yep. The, the underlying disagreement. So Dave's given his view of that. Brian, Jerome, what was your view of that time? Um, yeah, I think at that point I was really all in. Before. You were all in. You were getting ready to move to the States? Uh, no. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. It was contingent on the financing. Um, but that was contingent on financing, yeah. Um, but the expectation was... I felt was, it was a little bit before. We were still in the, are we selling, are we financing? I had, we'd already gotten a term sheet. Okay. But you didn't but accept the, the money yet. No. Right, so you're just at this point. Do we take the dilution or do we, we try to sell? We were agreed on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it wasn't about take the investment or not. It was... We had another CTO at the time, too, that was part of this. That was really, a, I, I would say, a, you know, we consider him a partner at that point. Right, right. not that a co-founder, no. but he was a partner. serious yeah. senior leadership. Yep. Who, who, who did all this, the, the P&E stuff here in New York, and J-Dub was still over Eindhoven, right uh-huh. there. Yep. Gotcha. And so the question on the table is around your leadership. Is that right? You know, I think that was one of the questions, sure. Yeah, um, direction. I think it's more direction of the is company. very important. I've, we're, we're, we've always been at this, you know, we started as mm. an advertising network, or Wangtil mm-hmm. started as an When Jerry Player came into play, it moved into video technology, but mm. the friction has always been there. Between those two? Between advertising, and, and you, it's also, that's something that has popped up a couple mm. of times, and I always felt that, because initially when JW Player came into play, then the entire bits and run acquisition came. Uh, we bought another um, uh, small uh, British company, uh, Open Video Ads, mm. it's, it's advertising technology. 
we had so much so so good technology that, that mm -hmm. there was much more to be done in that space if we were like just started to sell it versus mm -hmm. use it as a um, yeah as a as a way to um, uh, get advertising dollars, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and I think that 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 was part of the conflict, or mm -hmm. that was that was a big part of the conflict. Is mm -hmm. um, Brian and Dave are from the advertising space. That's mm -hmm. also how the company started, and uh, I was completely into tech. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, uh, the other uh, CTO mm -hmm. at the time also was completely from on the tech side and the SaaS side. Um, it wasn't SaaS at the time. It wasn't SaaS at the time. It was. <laughs> yeah. it was it, I wish it, it was. It was tech selling. But, yeah. Um, mm. uh, I think that that. Uh, so the you know, disagreement was sort of intellectual, but there's an emotion associated with it. And I'm looking at you, Brian, because Dave said that you kind of pulled it together. Yeah. It was a great weekend. What happened? <laughs> I remember that this went all down on a Friday, and Dave was out of town. Yes. Mm. And then it pro we processed it Friday, and Saturday, I had friends over at my house, right? We had, we were at a little backyard, mm. and we were having a little cookout, and mm. all my friends were coming over, I almost went down, and I invited Jerome, who was, you were in town at that time. Mm. Yeah. And our CTO at the time, over. Mm. And I still remember this, because one of my friends was like, you got to come talk to us? And it was just the three of us in the corner. We were just, this, is, this was mm. going on, mm. right? We were in it. You're talking through it, figuring it out. That was on a Saturday. And I remember on Sunday we had a meeting. And it was at a bar down on 15th Street. Without Dave. Dave was still out of town. Right. That was out of town for a Dave a and I were talking, right? Yeah, I, I, Friday night onward, I was obviously... Mm. Me and like, cause I, Joe, and, Joe and I had talked to him on the phone that Friday mm, night. I remember the conversations. I remember his voice specifically. It was like death had, had come over. Yeah, right? on him. On him, yeah. yeah. He's, so you know, I just he's, want, he's like, what's going on? I just want to pause, yeah. okay, because notice what's happening for him right now. For who? For Brian. Yeah. yeah. Okay. He's feeling what you felt. Yeah. The death had come into his voice. Yeah. He was at a, one of his low points. Yeah, that's right. And he, was, he wasn't there, too. That was probably a big part. We were out of control. And then we had that, I remember at some point, I must have, you and I must have synced up a little on this separately, one-on-one, mm -hmm. -on -one, and then it was you, me, and the CTO at this bar. We sat down, it was like laying it on the table, here are our options. Mm -hmm. And I remember saying to the CTO, our best option as a company, Dave's still in charge, Jerome here, me here, and you're not here. Wow. Like, That's how this is going to go, if you're going to have me involved. Did you know he did that? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean, like Brian and I at this time were very much in sync. Yeah, like, like we saw the, we saw the, the, unlike, and again in '09, we saw it the same way. I think, mm. right? I mean, yeah, yeah. But there's something different here, because what I'm sensing with Brian wasn't that he intellectually agreed with you. He did intellectually agree. Oh, with did you? you? I mean, I was in. I, I think I was nine or twelve. Twelve. 12. I I agreed with him there. It was a. It was yeah. you know I. I but went back and forth. I thought it all through. Right, but there was and something else there. Oh, I know what else was there, too. What well, was else there? Well, I'll let you tell me what else. No, was you know. You... I was super selfish on that position. In what way? I said, what is, why am I in this? Why am I doing this? Uh -huh. Right? Why am I grinding like this? And then I said, I'm, you know, I'm in this because I believe there's a, some kind of, there's success here at the end. There's a payout. There's success, that's right. And what's going to get me there? Oh, it's so interesting. And what's going to get you there is him. 
what's going to get me there is this team. What team is going to get me there? Right? After all this just went down, what is, what, where are we going here? You are so hard on yourself, my friend. I know. But that was, that was how I That's felt about selfish. it. That's not selfish. You know what I was seeing? Belief in your friend. Belief in his leadership. Mm -hmm. Now, it may have been because you looked at your own fears and you said, who's the best person? What's the best configuration of people to address my fears? Right. And I think you're doing a little bit of a Jedi mindfuck on yourself by calling that being selfish. Taking care of yourself is not selfish. Mm -hmm. If you had believed that he was the wrong person to be the CEO, you're still taking care of yourself by saying that. You actually believed in his leadership. I mean, tell no, me if no, I'm wrong. No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I, re I remember that piece of paper that what? we had on that table. Mm -hmm. and, then, and then right after that, it was like, all right, I'm done with this meeting. I'm going up to see Dave. And I remember we met then at now, a diner. Yeah, early in the day, I'd, right. already, I'd already met with Jerome earlier in the day. Right. And so him and I had a conversation. There was still a, a disagreement on sort of how we wanted to move forward on things. Um, I just wanted to honor that little piece here. Yeah. it's. I mean, what came out of that was not just an agreement, but you're the CEO. Um, that helped solidify things, like, like, yeah. Finally, that, and that was the one. I mean, like, I before I was a certain, but like that, yes. Yeah, that's right. You're right about that. That's right. Right, because I witness his growth, and I don't think I've ever said this to you before, but you actually changed after that. Yep. You right? Yep. Say more. Mm -hmm. How did he change? Um, I think um, much. Um, um, he was more inclusive. I don't know how, how to how to explain. Not 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 just in very proactive. In yes, see, in my Buddhist lineage we use a phrase taking your seat. You took your seat. I guess so. He became CEO. Right. Because his friend believed in him. Yeah. And stood up for him. I mean I could be. Tell me if I'm wrong here. No, I don't. Think it, was, it was important. It, it, it was, was important. Tough, it was a tough spot, and no one knew what was going on, which is the most interesting, thing, except the three, four of us at that time. Right. 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 I mean, um, yeah. There, there's more factors into that, which I'm not going to get into. Yeah. But like, there is like contributing factors that um, we had to address, and it came down to that piece of paper that you talk about. Um, there was a fourth person involved as well. What was the piece of paper? That was where you talked about like the scenarios. Just, and, yeah, let's just let's just figure yeah. out what, what let's put the combos together and which combo is going to work for us. Right. It was as simple as that. It's interesting because one of the things that we talk about when we you know at reboot when we work with co-founders and one of the things we're going to do in the co-founder boot camp is talk about drawing up a blueprint of their relationship, a mm -hmm. contract in effect, and. When you're talking about this little piece of paper, it's sort of like, okay, what do you do? What do you do? What do you? Mm -hmm. What's the agreement that's between us? And if we roll back the clock and we talk about the arc of this experience, I would argue that until that piece of paper, you kind of had this kind of open, unresolved question, which was, 
who's calling the shots? Who's 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 doing what? Now it doesn't mean that the the three of you are still not making the decisions. Of course you are. Mm -hmm. But what seat do I have? And what's my relationship to each other in that in that role? Mm -hmm. And it's incredibly clarifying, and it settles. And I'm not going to say that this was a direct result, but after that, your fundraising last year was a little bit easier, wasn't it? It was easier for sure. I mean, I mean, the, the, that initial the initial raise. I mean, that's something that I had worked hard on, and um, you know, we got a great investor and to come to come lead around, and so. We were on the cusp. What was hard for me at that point in time, despite the disagreement we were having around like mm. what we want to do with the business, it was mm. like we're on the cusp of like raising around from a great investor and then like taking the next step in our company's, um, mm. um, you know, history or whatever it is, or mm. path, whatever. And so, um, and so like you saw, cause you're right there, right? And like mm -hmm. the, the term sheet was pretty much negotiated. It was kind of a done deal. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, but what we did at that point in time, we changed a lot as a company. And maybe it's so. Maybe that was sort of the, the moment where you know roles were were finally decided. Mm -hmm. Maybe that was it. Um, uh, but certainly, like the company's in very different since. Well, that's I, you know three years ago now. And, and I, 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 that's the point. Yeah. I think we might want to start to wrap on is that, you know, I have this theory, and I wrote about this in a blog post, guest blog post I did for Fred Wilson's <laughs> blog called "The Crucible of Leadership." And I'm really quoting this guy, a brilliant writer named Warren Bennis, who talks about the fact that a leader emerges often at a moment of crisis. And it's not like that Rudy Giuliani, you know, bullshit right. leadership. It's like literally walking barefoot across those coals of a fire. It's a crucible moment. It's a moment where, you know, the alchemist transforms lead into gold. And you learn actually what does it mean to really lead. And I'm looking at the three of you, not just as co-founders, but the three of you in that weekend, and I'm looking at you, Brian, with that piece of paper, I see three leaders. I see three friends who built on trust who faced tough things, who recognized that they could have done things better or differently, who then emerged as something stronger. And, I, and maybe it's a coincidence, but the performance of the business since that 2012? Yeah, it's never been better. It's never been better. It's been an unbelievable okay. run for the last almost three years now. Right. I don't think it's a coincidence, guys. I think three leaders emerged. And that's a really, I mean, you know, if we, if we extract out of this a lesson, I think there's a, you contrast that experience with the experience in 2009. And what's it been like since then? And that's powerful. I don't know. Does this resonate with you guys? It does. Yeah. It does. Yeah. I've already heard it. I'm just yeah, kidding. No, 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 it's, it's, those were some defining moments. And you're, I think you're right. There are certain moments that you look back on and you realize that. That was it. That, that was, was it. that moment. Right. That weekend.
anything that you want to say in response? This has been an incredible conversation, and I really appreciate your taking us through this. Is there anything you'd like to add? Or, you know, I don't like to cut people off at the very end. I'll, I'll just think we've all, uh, our relationships have evolved a lot over the years. And so um, it's, in many ways, it's like a brotherhood in, in, in some ways. And so you fight like brothers, you, but at the end of the day, we're at a spot right now, so as you get older, you're like adults when you're siblings. And so you just, you know, tons of respect. Um, you know, I think that's the relationship now and trust and, 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 and whatever Brian says he's doing in the company, I trust him. Whatever Jerome says he's doing in the company, I trust him. And that's how it's, it's taken seven years. Well, it took, it probably, it probably really happened after six, but like, that's where we are now. And it's kind of, it is very much like siblings. Um, mm -hmm. and everyone kind of knows their role as people and families have their roles. And I think that's the best way to kind of capture who we are and how we've, we've sort of evolved as a, as a, a, a threesome here. Well, I, I think that was beautifully said. I mean, I often think that the, the goal is to get to that trusting state. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a, there's a, there's a quote I like to, to quote when I think about uh, co-founder conflict and it comes from a beautiful book by David Ricco called How to Be Adult in Relationship and how to be adult in relationship to be adult in relationship is not to be conflict free it's to resolve conflicts mindfully mm -hmm. right and or I would add to that with trust so thank you so much for taking the time thank you. Yeah, well, it, thank it was you. Really, it. Yeah. really a great journey to be on So that's it for our conversation today. I know a lot was covered in this episode, from links to books to quotes to images. So we went ahead and compiled all that and put it on our site at reboot.io slash podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show, you can find out about that on our site as well. I'm really grateful that you took the time to listen. If you enjoyed the show and you want to get all the latest episodes as we release them, head over to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, it would be great if you could leave us a review, letting us know how the show affected you. So thank you again for listening, and I really look forward to future conversations together.